Welcome to Alphabet Scoop, episode 126. And this is a busy, surprising week. As always, I'm joined by Ben Schoen and Kyle Bradshaw. And it's Android 12 Day. An Android 12 Day that's coming much earlier. Well, it's a week earlier, maybe two weeks earlier than we expected. But it's here, just three weeks after I.O., we have Beta 2. And Beta 2, very significantly, introduces the wallpaper-based theming. It's live, it's... And like Google showed at I.O., you can set a wallpaper and it'll theme and Android will select uh, what's the dominant color or the right color, at least. And it'll theme everything from the lock screen clock to your quick setting tiles to it'll tint everything. And everybody's having a lot of fun playing around with it right now. I'm having fun watching other people have fun with it on Twitter. I have uh, not had the opportunity to even play with it myself. <laughs> ben, initial impressions? Uh, I am enjoying the color changing, although I wish I had more control over it, which is apparently something we'll get later. But mm. it, it it works right now, and it works really good with like bright wallpapers, but uh, I think in some cases it's almost too subtle. Yeah, I have this snarky tweet, which is not too snarky and actually factual. What if your basic and all your wallpapers slash shots are blue oceans and skies, and you just get a blue accent color that's basically identical to before? That is currently my case. It's the same. I'm getting the same blue accent as what was in the past, and I'm not seeing the biggest difference, honestly. It's the same blue? It's not just like close or a similar blue it's the same it's blue. effectively the same blue i i mean qu- quick the nature of quick settings and the notifications you're out you're in and out in seconds so if you can't tell in the moment what did it really change yeah i mean i guess I, I guess it's really just a matter of when it starts to roll out everywhere else right like when it when it oh, becomes available in apps yeah say. that'll be the noticeable thing I guess the question of colors, is Google purposefully not doing bold colors? Uh, they, it's all, I've tried like half a dozen combinations. It's all very pastel Yeah, I think part of that is just because they always go pastel on dark backgrounds, like when you're in dark theme. And now the notification, the quick settings section, which is where you see this the most, is always dark. So it always is the pastel color. Like I've seen a lot more, uh, I've seen a lot more bold colors in like the volume slider. Yeah. Like if like if yeah. you like red is a color that we've never been able to use because it's never been a part of Google's color palette. Um, but if you set a red wallpaper, the volume slider will be a very bold red. If you have if that's in the wallpaper, but the quick settings is still like a pink. I was, yeah, I was aiming to try to find an orange based on my own personal images and no dice quite yet. But yeah, it's, 
I'm sure they'll tune this uh, as we get further along. Another place we're seeing the material you colors is in the media controls, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really small tweak there, but what happens is they, uh, they moved the little icon, which comes from the notification. Um, they moved the icon to over the volume, sorry, the album art. So, uh, you, but putting just a black logo over the album art would be like probably invisible most of the time. So they made that use the material U color, but otherwise it, it, the biggest thing is that they really shrunk it, which made it, uh, fit better into the notification shade and up beneath the quick settings area. Yeah. And the lock screen, this should have been something since that they, they, they did an Android you have honestly, it's. It's it needs to be smaller, and once you see this compare, once you start using this more compact uh, media player, it's so much nicer. It is very nice. I, it's nice unless you listen to a band that has very long song titles. Oh, that's very that's just, very that's long just song titles. Given there. That's the endless scroll. That's just a given there, unfortunately. So yeah, besides those visual changes, there are a lot quick setting quick settings underwent a lot of changes. Uh I guess we should start with the privacy dashboard, which Google uh announced at IO. So you get a twenty-four hour timeline of apps accessing camera location and microphone. And but I think the most significant change here is being able to toggle off app access access the camera and microphone as well as the new indicators in the top right corner. So yeah, uh, it, it appears with a green dot uh, after, let's say you launch the camera app, you obviously using the camera. It's It first appears as a pill before shrinking to a green dot, which I'm kind of curious how it's going to interact with the Google Photos unlocked folder. Because that's when that goes live, the ability to switch between your your regular camera roll and your locked new locked folder is exactly in that same position. So I'm not sure how they what they're going to do there right now. How, uh, how so? Yeah, I haven't I haven't noticed that. I don't know what you mean. Well, which part the locked folder? Yeah, I haven't seen that UI. Yeah, um, it's we'll talk about the future drop more in a bit, but. Uh, from what they showed off on Monday, it's a button in the top right corner of the camera app with a viewfinder. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's going to be some conflict. I wonder if they're going to eventually move it. But yeah, um, those two new quick setting tiles are joined by a new one for the power menu and device controls. And how do we feel about this change? I wish you had the choice. Um, I wish that if you had the, uh, if you have holds for assistant turned on, then you can have the, um, then you can have these quick settings. But if you don't have that on and you just want to use that old power menu from Android 11, which was awesome, you just keep using that. Mm -hmm. But they've just completely thrown that out at this point, which is really a shame because it was a good idea. Yeah, it was like 
no one's yeah. done anything with the power menu for a long time. And Google made it genuinely useful versus Samsung and Apple are just now Google by extension are just hiding it, which by the way is awful. My pixel four XL had a bug where I could not unlock the phone. And if I had not turned off the, uh, hold for assistant power menu, I would not have been able to turn off my phone. That is a bad yeah, idea. It's, it's like, really, I don't get why that's a trend. Really I, yeah. I don't get why that's a trend. It's a very bad idea, but whatever. That's a discussion for another day. Um, yeah. It's honestly, the biggest thing for me is that it's just so opinionated. Like not only are they enforcing this new power menu when they had, they had a genuine technical innovation, like you said, but they're also rearranging your quick settings without your interaction with it. They're adding two new things, bam, right there into your quick settings without asking you. It's just there. With the privacy toggles. Yeah. 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 But I mean, okay, but they're, they're adding it to a prominent position. Like, I don't think that, um, like I don't have those, those other two new quick settings in my menu, but the, the wallet and device controls were forcefully added mm. to my list in the third and fourth mm-hmm. positions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean now. And speaking about the wallet, which is an interesting name, if not a return for Google to a previous product <laughs> position. <laughs> the fact that Google wallet returns. Yeah. Oh, I regret not getting that credit card, that debit card. What I, re- I, 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 card I regret now? not getting a second one when they canceled it because I mine is disgustingly dirty. Oof, that is that's a matte matte white plastic card is was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, in the quick settings, that wallet tile has a tiny, tiny picture of your actual card that Google Pay uses uh, as a preview, like usual. And having something, well, photorealistic appear there in quick settings, it's so disruptive, it's so unexpected. It, it, initially, it looked like, um, like, uh, something that got misrendered or stayed on the screen. It's, I don't know what they were doing there. It really doesn't fit. I don't think people need that blatant reminder that the credit card is there. I don't mind the picture so much as I do the fact that it shows your the last four digits constantly. I feel like that's a mm-hmm. not great, but whatever. It's yeah. I don't know. I, it doesn't bother me. Um, I do think it's useful in the end, and it's a lot less disruptive than like how Samsung does it. Because uh, on Samsung phones, if you have Samsung Pay enabled, if you're on your home screen, you just have this, the credit card at the bottom of the screen the whole time. Like there's just this visual shortcut to get to it. It's very, very disruptive. Mm. Yeah. I. It's so interesting the way that it works with uh, PayPal too. Like on on instead of showing the last four of the card, it shows the least useful information ever, which is the ending of my email address. So I just see <laughs> at hotmail.com scrolling by over and yeah. over that and over again. Oh, man. Yeah, that's not good. But uh, to what you were saying, Kyle, earlier about Google removing that innovation, it's 
I know Android. A big temple of Android Eleven was controlling your smart home devices with the help of your Android device, and yeah. they're really just restarting. Not not restarting. They're getting rid of it entirely. They're putting it one layer down, and I don't know if this is an example of the assistant team wanting that to be their domain solely, or I don't know what. It's it's really. They had they had this big idea for Android 11. People loved it. Maybe OEMs didn't because their whole control, or maybe there was not enough adoption beyond Google Home plat the Google Home platform. But they just wiped it with this one. I thought Samsung was at least starting to think about in- integrating it. If not, maybe maybe not the way that. Pixel was doing um, it. I don't think they were doing anything with the pay menu. They were doing the smart controls. Yeah. And it, it's actually ironic. The way they're doing the smart controls is pretty much what Google's doing now. It's just a uh, thing at the bottom of quick settings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, those, those new tiles for the wallet and smart home controls Another thing they're doing with the wallet is I don't. This feels uh, a lot. So on the lock screen, uh, there's a fab in the bottom right corner of to access the wallet shortcut. I that feels really early, early touches if, if my memory serves. Like having a button in the bottom right corner of your lock screen. I'm trying to remember where we saw that before. It feels material to me. It does. It does. It just feels like a familiar concept. But yeah, that's another place you can access your wallet. So, and other things, the power menu, uh, like we were touching upon, the power menu is just this large, either two by two grid or two, uh, one, three buttons, depending on what you have enabled. That's this gigantic thing that you can access at the bottom of quick settings. And now you can have Google Assistant when you say power off, it uh, shows brings up that power menu. And so, yeah, this all this is making way so that you can launch Assistant from the home button. Um, have we, the, the power, power button, yeah. the power button, excuse me. Have we been using that a lot in the past week, in the past three weeks? I turned it off immediately. Yeah, it's not. I don't. The button is. It's. I mean, it's it's very clear what they're doing. They're just copying what Apple does. And that's. Yes. Unfortunately, that's something that has to be done to get people to switch. It just makes it feel more natural to them. But inherently, it's just not the. It's not a natural feeling interaction on android yeah yeah i mean not to say that the swipe gesture was natural in any sense but i've grown accustomed yeah to it. i, I, kinda I like think it that's now. one of those things like once you get used to that that works tremendously well mm. yeah it doesn't make sense to switch it the way that they did and to or to offer both and you can say the hot word and you can tap the button and, and you, you can, can squeeze some pixels yeah. yeah, there's just like so many different ways. Yeah, 
that they really want you to talk to your phone and and we're not there yet. Maybe a few more months their behavior will be totally ingrained by people, but I don't think we're there yet. So other things, um, Ben, you mentioned they fixed volume slider, mercifully. Yeah, in the first beta and some of the previews, it was really just odd looking. It was very, the word I used was comically huge. Um, but now it's, it's different. It's a little more like it used to be, but it's still kind of wide. It It's better though. It looks nice. It works really well with the rest of Android 12's design. Mm-hmm. Except when it bugs out and is much taller than it needs to be. Yeah. When it shows that that's just humorous. all those three options. Yeah. For device uh, vibration settings. So there's... We're on the right track, though. We're, on, we're definitely on the right track. So the last new tile they introduced is, well, it's this internet panel. And it it it... it it ba- it ba- basically replaces the one for Wi-Fi and the one for mobile data. I don't have a SIM in my uh, the Pixel I'm testing yet. So, initial impressions? You know, I actually, I kind of like it. I, I don't know that I would, like, use it that often because I almost never need to actually toggle off mobile data or anything like that. But the... It looks it looks good because you just you just kind of tap it and instead of it just immediately turning your Wi-Fi off, which is kind of which I believe is what it used to do, uh, now you can switch to a network or or disconnect or just turn Wi-Fi off altogether. But actually, this makes way more sense because now I can just I can just disconnect from the network with one tap, but it doesn't actually turn Wi-Fi off. Mm. Remember how Google originally solved this with the, what is it, Lollipop era? When you long pressed, you had your full Wi-Fi menu, you had a list of open Wi-Fi networks and quick settings. Remember when they solved that problem ages ago? I think it was, I think it was reversed. You had a tap to turn it off and they had a long press to see everything. Long press to see everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, that was a great solution. And I was hoping they would bring that back, but they have not. I still try to do that some days whenever I want to like change Bluetooth or just disconnect yes, from Bluetooth, Bluetooth or whatever. Devices. I keep trying to do that. It doesn't, I don't understand why it's not there because I, my muscle memory still tells me that it works and I guess it hasn't worked in a long time. And I, no one told me. <laughs> and can you imagine that expand animation, in the new style, it just expands Ooh. out the, the other cards, the other tiles slide away. It is so much better than a sheet, a bottom sheet. Yeah. But yeah, that. So we've been using for a few hours, and how's the stability going for you guys? It has been better <laughs> and worse. Yeah, it's that like this is decidedly in the middle. Like it's not so bad that you can't use it, but it's not so it's not good enough to where I tell someone to install it. Yeah. Uh, it, like just in the first couple hours, we saw people complaining about app crashes about, uh, like I had my lock screen issue. There's been a lot of installation issues. Um, so it's definitely not on the, it's not as stable as really every Android 12 release we've had before it. 
because all of the other ones have been pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, they added a lot in terms of their wallpaper color theming, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it is unexpected. Just UI tweaks in general. Oh, and one particular bug that I just regained is that I can't swipe away notifications on the lock screen. If you're having that issue, you need to restart your phone, but it's a bit annoying. I'm currently restarting my phone because I'm trying to, if I can only unlock it with my fingerprint, I can't swipe up to get to my pattern unlock, which is really aggravating. Pattern unlock. Oh, right. You're a secret pattern unlock user. What? What's the problem with pattern lock? What is this? Too- I've been using pattern lock since like 2007. I don't yeah. know. 2008. Yeah. It's just 2008. It's that I've. What's wrong with it? I only see that in <laughs> movies these days. I don't remember seeing that in it, real it, life. I, I can unlock my phone with muscle memory. What's the problem? Okay. Okay. Just I I enjoyed that before uh, biometrics were a thing. But now because biometrics are a thing, it's so much harder for me to remember the pattern versus just a pin. Like if I was Weird. if I was using a device without biometrics, I would absolutely use a pattern because it's it is faster. It is faster and it feels a little more natural. But because I'm using biometrics so much, and more so because I'm constantly switching devices, and the muscle memory wouldn't translate as well, I'm always on a pin. Okay, it's fair. Well, that's just. Int. I can't wait to see you again in person, Kyle, and see you unlock your phone. <laughs> I have not seen that in the real world in ages. That's just really, really a long time. I don't know how you didn't notice while we were at IO 2019. Such a blast from the past. Okay, so that's Android 12 Beta 2. It's a lot, and I think a lot of people are going to come on board because of how much new there is, of how much this is an upgrade compared to previous beta releases. So, welcome aboard, everyone. So, um, the other Pixel thing we had this week is the June feature drop on Monday. Uh, Like we mentioned at the top, there's a locked folder for Google Photos. As the company announced at I.O., there is Asta Photography Time Lapse, which as you take your four-minute night's astrophotography photo, you'll also make a time-lapse video that's only a few seconds long. Again, this feature is like two days old, and I'm curious how well this works in practice because four minutes shortened into a few seconds to have the sky move is not that long. Yeah, I feel like there needs... I I I honestly haven't looked into it that much, but I feel like there ha- I thought there was like an option to keep it going. Nope, four minutes. Yeah, four, four minutes that. is like unless I guess if you're like doing it under a meteor shower, it that has would to be pretty. Sweet. Yeah, if it's not, a but meteor that's the only shower, place I could see it being useful. Literally, if it's not a meteor shower, it will be very nothing is not that the start you in four minutes stars will definitely move, but you're not getting anything from that. No. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think I just assigned myself work though. Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. So a uh, new Google Assistant on the Pixel 4 and later can pick up and decline calls. Via voice commands, there are some new sounds applied month and new wallpapers accompanying it. There is, well, Digital Being Heads Up announced, was announced a few weeks, months ago, but they're just making a push of it. Um, basically, as you're walking with your phone, you'll get a notification telling you that your head is down or that you should look up. That's fun. Um, Not that it's aware of what's in front of you, but just that, like, hey, you probably shouldn't be walking while on your phone. I will walk and talk. I will walk and read as much as I want. (laughs) Because we've all been locked in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Gboard will take key snippets out of uh, things you copy to make it easier to paste. And there's some international expansion for call screen, recorder, and car crash. So... That's the Pixel feature drop. It's very slowly rolling out. Uh, the Google camera update just hit yesterday. When we haven't, nobody has seen the locked folder just yet. It hasn't come on anybody's devices. But yeah, that's the feature drop. And it should be the last one before Android 12 arrives. Yay. So to close out this week, Stadia had a, a big E3 moment. Pre E3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big pre E3 moment, which is weird to think about because I feel like E3 is normally earlier than now. But uh, I, I, I almost want to just like lead this in with a nice big clap, clap, stadia. <laughs> I really like this is a big, this is a big week of news for them. Um, so the, the biggest piece, just starting off with the meat of it, is uh, that they ha- they're announcing finally a proper date for Stadia on the Chromecast with Google TV, which was promised by the first half, by the end of the first half of 2021 and Android TV support to go with that all launching on June 23rd. But, uh, it's going a little bit, or is part of it's coming a little sooner than that though? Maybe I'm not sure. I mean, Abner, you saw the the update that went live last yes, night. Yes, so the Chromecast got a minor update. The last one was at the end of April, and this one was on June 1. It basically adds support to Stadia. That was the first thing that changed log. And despite that, it's you still can't download it from the store. And it's kind of curious what support for Stadia really means in the change log. My, my pipe dream is still that it shows up on the home screen. Like, not as just an app icon, but like a tab. Ooh. Like, there's a tab that says games, and then it just shows your Stadia library. Oh, that would be tasty. That'd be tasty. But at the same time, though, we, we know that or it seems like there's going to be an app, or at least on the Android oh, no, TV no, yeah. formal, there's going to be an app. But No, there will be an app, obviously, but like... Just to, but just how like a live TV integration collects, yeah. Well, no, not necessarily that. Just more so how it pulls movies and stuff from HBO and from Peacock and all these other services. <sighs> don't get me excited. Don't 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 make me think it, that they're going to combine even be Stadia and you know. But imagine if it was Stadia and GeForce Now and 
Xbox Game, game Pass yeah. all on the same page yeah. like that. that would, they absolutely could do that. It wouldn't even be that hard, really. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so hype. Would be. But probably not. That's probably not what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's probably just some behind the scenes stuff to make it work a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, and yet, what we've seen, you know, having sideloaded the most recent Stadia update, it doesn't look like what they showed us. So something is still coming that hasn't arrived yet. It's not this Chromecast update. It's not the Stadia app update. There's something else coming that's going to flip a switch. Like maybe, maybe a separate app. I don't know. Yeah, and also the just the thing that the headlines don't capture with this is just how big of a move this really is for Stadia cuz the Chromecast on its own is, you know, it's a very popular product, it's a very good product, but it's also sold probably like a couple million units at most so far. Maybe maybe, maybe a little more than that, but uh, Android TV in general is out in the hands of like 80 million people. And now, technically speaking, all of those devices are going to support Stadia. Including, well, experimentally, all of those Android TV devices, but yeah. officially a, a list of devices that includes the $25 on streaming stick, which is insane. Yep. And which I can apparently talk about now. Uh, it's good. It's pretty good. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> the remote's great. That's the best part about it. But yeah, no, that's that's what makes this announcement so, <clears throat> such a big deal for Stadia is that not only now are they on, you know, Google's flagship TV device, but they're now on mi- literal tens of millions of other devices in people's homes that they can just pair a Bluetooth controller to. And the TV is where people want to play games. Like laptop support is great. Phone support is great. It That's what makes Stadia what it is. But TV is where people want to play. And now they can play it on something that's not so inherently limited as a Chromecast Ultra. Do you think it's somewhat from the Chromecast with Google TV perspective? Let's say that do you think it this this launch on all device, all Android TV devices takes away from the exclusivity of the Chromecast. It needs to. Yeah. It's a good thing that it is. It does definitely. But honestly, the Chromecast stands on its own. It doesn't need Stadia to succeed. It's already been widely praised where Stadia needs help. And 80 million devices now supported. That's a, that's a pretty good showing of help. Let me put it this way. If the Chromecast launched with Stadia support, Google could have reasonably pushed back the Android TV launch to around now so that the Chromecast could have had some exclusive, some exclusive period access to Stadia. And that would have definitely driven more sales to the Chromecast. But... I don't think no, so. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have driven anything to the Chromecast. No, there's still too. There's still too much of a stigma around Stadia for it to be a selling point. In terms of the, the okay, from the upgrade, the advantage people upgrading from the Chromecast Ultra, I think they would have gotten an audience there. No, not really. Interesting. I mean, a lot of people bought the Chromecast with Google TV speculatively. 
Yeah, but a lot in term. Okay, we're talking about two different audiences here. A lot in terms of people who bought it for Stadia is probably in the thousands versus the people yeah. who bought it because hey, it's got this really nice software that combines all of your streaming services is in the millions by comparison, most likely. So, yeah, it's totally different scales here. And really, Google is going to benefit far more from having it on as many screens as possible than they will having it on just the Chromecast. Like, the Chromecast is compelling, but there are a lot of people who already own Android TV and more specifically own TVs with Android TV. So, like, now they have access to the most popular TVs in the country, which are TCL TVs. Granted, most of those are Roku's, but they have been selling Android TVs now for a while. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a compelling push and it takes away friction is the biggest thing. It's a compelling push, but at the same time, it's not one done out of a place of, a higher position, a higher market position. Like the idea of the Chromecast not being able to support on day one when it launched last fall, that should have been a more, I think everybody agrees that they should have hit it out of the door day one. But oh, they absolutely should point, have. They're trying to get it out to as many people as possible. But in an ideal universe, they could have exclusivity, never hurt anybody. Well, the th- it would have hurt the- everybody. <laughs> yeah, it would have hurt everybody. But realist- like the biggest thing here is that uh, there's no reason for them to make it an exclusive aside from just saying it's an exclusive. Because like, in terms of technology, in terms of the platform, every Android TV device is the same as Google as the Chromecast. The only difference is the is the launcher and a few of the background things. Like, it is, there is no justifiable reason to delay it for Android TV. If it's ready, yes, just if it's get it out there. Now, because it's, it's, because it's launching so late after the Chromecast, the Chromecast launch. But if this were technically, if these were technically infrastructurally ready back then, they could have definitely built in some time. Oh, they could have, yeah. But they just didn't. And that's that, yeah. And that just you know goes to speak really about how the entirety of Stadia has been handled. Google has underdelivered and uh, been too late on far too many things. Where's that party chat in it on Android, guys? Where is it? <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. So they had two other big announcements besides Stadia on the Chromecast and Android. Yeah, so the next step down on the totem pole is uh, Ubisoft Plus, the integration between Ubisoft Plus and Stadia, which basically means if you pay the, the I want to say, $15 a month, I don't remember, That's for Ubisoft, if you pay that $15 a month for Ubisoft Plus, converted to whatever your currency is, uh, you get access to all Stadia games, all Ubisoft Stadia games, plus DLC, plus blah. Uh, that expanded to beyond the United States, finally, a uh, handful of countries, which I will remind myself of in a minute. But alongside that, Ubisoft announced that they were adding more games to Stadia for the sake of that subscription. But it also just benefits players in general. Um, 
let's see, the countries were uh, the UK, Canada, France, Germany, Belgium, and Switzerland, which is a nice little uh, roundup. But uh, games-wise, they're bringing Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed 4, Assassin's Creed Rogue, Far Cry 4, Far Cry Blood Dragon, Far Cry Primal, Rayman Legends, and Child of Light, which is just great. Like, really expanding on the Assassin's Creed uh, library, basically all but maybe two games are missing, or all but three mainline games in the series are missing from Stadia, which is great. Yeah, AT&T. So the for today, the big AT&T announcement is that uh, you can, if you buy a 5G phone or if you upgrade your AT&T fiber plan or you start a new one, whatever, you get six months free of Stadia Pro and a, an $80 discount off of the Stadia Premier Edition, which is cool. But the, the, the more important thing to me is uh, that... AT&T is looking to partner with Stadia, not just on deals and offers, but also on improving their network to make sure that they can have the best possible Stadia experience. Which, whether that's from uh, optimizing the pathways to Google's servers and all that, or what have you. But uh, one of the very, very limited upsides of net neutrality not being a thing (laughs) (laughs) oh oh yes that so yeah so in total these three big announcements were packaged together in terms of my google they were packaged together and this looks to be the entire e3 rollout of news Potentially. I mean, E3's not as big of a deal this year or last year, so it's hard to say, really. Make the white move by doing it slightly far further away from E3, by getting it started the week before. Yeah, I think they... uh, I think they... They save themselves from being buried. Um, Yeah, Granted, they also did it the day of WWDC, so... It kind of balanced out a little bit. I mean, the overlap of people who care about column A and column B news, you know, Stadia and WWDC, it's not a whole lot of overlap, so I think it's okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's a whole vortex of of tech news. Monday morning was just an absolute torrent of news happening. God, it was only Monday. It was only Monday, yeah. Maybe that's why today felt like Friday, <laughs> just because of how much happened Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the week and everything. Oh, Google's big platforms got big updates. And their small one, too. Their small platform got a big update, too. <laughs> yes. Yes. So... Thank you for joining us. We record this podcast on Thursdays and publish then. You can find us all on your favorite podcasting platforms such as Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. And you can listen on our site at 95google.com if you wish. Thank you for tuning in 
And thanks to Kyle and Ben for joining me. We'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.